It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 926 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, April the 14th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering all of your favorite teams in the big four sports. If you are a fan of the Blue Jays, who uh, just pasted the New York Yan- Yankees on uh, Tuesday night. Go listen to Lockdown Blue Jays. I believe AJ Andrews has her 500th episode of the podcast coming up this week. So go support AJ. She's doing a wonderful job covering the Jays. And uh, the Jays are very fun. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is hitting piss ropes all around the field. It's wonderful. And uh, uh, AJ's got you covered there every single day with your Jays talk. Um, all right. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Michelob Ultra. Uh, to, and of course, at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later on in the episode. All right, on today's show, we are talking about the Raptors' 108-103 loss to the Atlanta Hawks on Tuesday night. A another one of the Raptors' famed fake comebacks, if you will. And uh, joining me to dive into said fake comeback and some of the good, some of the bad, some of the ugly from another Raptors loss is. A man you know from the Raptors Over Everything podcast, the Colin Show, which is, I think, one of the staples of Raptors internet, frankly. And a man I know from uh, Carleton University, baby. It's Josh Hart. What's going on, man? It's going, you know, the uh, Raptors, yeah, fake comeback, but I'm doing well. Uh, thank you for That's the lovely intro. Also, you're very good at uh, ad reads. You are a real <laughs> pro. Good, good on. Oh, don't worry. 
that was just the the little liner off the top. Uh, wait till we get into the meat of the show and I have to do the reads on air. Uh, I usually edit that part out, but it's usually an experience. Uh, ask Vivek how good I am at ad reads. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of not good, the Raptors uh, played some, I would say, porous defense, uh, particularly in the first half against a depleted Atlanta Hawks team that did not have Trey Young, Danilo Gallinari, DeAndre Hunter, uh john collins a lot of guys not available for atlanta tonight the raptors of course had their fair share of absences too coming into this game with exactly one point guard with kyle lowry taking a rest day with the back-to-back and fred van vliet still not nearing a return deandre bembry also out with i believe a hamstring issue and so it was a a bit of a you know kind of piece it together stitch it together hold it together with uh, you know, a stick of glue type of game for the Raptors. Um, again, a fake, a fake comeback, some fun stuff late in the game for Malachi Flynn, but Josh, overall, what was your biggest takeaway from the Raptors 34th loss of this hell season? It really seems like the team's starting to give up on themselves. Like through that second quarter, seeing OG with his hands down on defense really was like discouraging. I like, I gave up on this team during this game. I like a <laughs> put squeezed in a workout through the second quarter and halftime. It's just like not really fun to watch. The uh, the comeback at the end of the game has been awesome. It feels a lot like the Raptors teams during those LeBron toe years where they'd make a fake comeback <laughs> at the end of the game led by DeMar DeRozan, this time Malachi Flynn. But yeah, it's like I it does seem like this um this this team's about to enter the, like the death spiral. Like no Fred, no Kyle. There's just like the defense looks, you know, flaccid and on offense things are taking too long to get going, unless it's Pascal like you know flying headlong into the lane. Just like starting to get ugly and sad. And I don't be surprised if tomorrow night it's a little chippy because I think these guys are getting sick and tired of losing, and don't have the you know on court leadership of Fred and Kyle reminding them to keep their heads up like i don't know can pascal he played poorly against the knicks he played well tonight is he going to turn in another good performance and if he doesn't like it's going to be ugly <laughs> against the yeah against the spurs yeah the raptors did not have any juice in the first half outside of pascal just kind of gliding by a collection of uh, ill-begotten Hawks defenders it, and you know that was a really great thing to see I think that's worth noting yeah, that Siakam had a really rough game Sunday and he's kind of without fail bounced back pretty well after super bad games or games where he gets suspended for yelling at the coach uh, you know he, he's done a good job of sort of being resilient and kind of popping back to form and this was one of his more efficient games one of his better games overall I thought 36 and 7 13 of 19 shooting he was basically the point guard for large stretches of this game. Even when Flynn was on the floor, especially to start this one, Pascal was kind of initiating every single possession. And I guess that's kind of my takeaway from this game is that even though it was an ugly, no good game yeah. that frankly had me tempted to flip over and watch Hyunjin Ryu uh, destroy the Yankees all night long, it, it still, I think, kind of has followed a similar thread these last few games where even when things go wrong there are at least some things that you can look at and say okay well when the fake season's over and you get into next year those are things that are carry you can carry over and hopefully build upon going forward from you know Gary Trent who was rough tonight yeah. but for the most part has been really good since coming over uh the Siakam game you know OG's 
you know, his defense in this one was bad, as was the entire team's, but I thought we saw a lot of his fun little drives in this one, mm-hmm. and his finishes around the basket are getting super polished. You had the Flynn blow up. You have Ken Birch, who we're going to talk about more at length coming up here. But, you know, is that for you, Josh, kind of maybe just what you're getting out of this season now is seeing those little bits of development and the losses and wins kind of are irrelevant at this point? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, I've like sort of said it on like the platforms I speak on more regularly is I do think the organization has, organization has exciting stuff to look forward to for next season especially now cutting together really slick intro packages for the guys who are going to be around you're going to have some <laughs> nice shots of kem birch and uh, pascal and og malachi flynn hitting two clutch threes that'll go nice against some uh packages that you sell i don't know mary brown's chicken to or whatever the team's going to be <laughs> hawking next year <laughs> i think those things are legitimately exciting but yeah, like winning games, it seems hard for the Raptors to str- like put out, you know, eight guys who can play competent basketball any night. And that's been a problem throughout the season. And you take out two of the team's three best players and it gets a lot more difficult. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it, There were moments that the game was entertaining. Um, it was cool to see Malachi Flynn sort of erupt at the end of the game. Um, that was legitimately cool. Ken Birch, yeah, I do want to talk about him. He's been he's been awesome to watch. Yuta, bad game. Gillespie was, you know, left some to be desired. Rodney Hood, I like that he's, you know, I, I like that they can put him out there with a straight face. He can score like seven points a game for you. Um, yeah. I don't think he's not going to be around next year, but it's still kind of like those things are decent um, things to look forward to, but winning games, I I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that, but I don't know. Do you, like, are you excited about what you've seen from the right guys, the guys who you know are going to be around for the long haul? It seems, seems though to me that yeah, the team looks good. Yeah, that's been kind of my whole thing this last little while. Is you know, I would. I'm not rooting for losses by any means. I hate tanking. I think trying to lose games sucks. Sucks, and you know, I think I had a weird little stroke there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but and I think. You know, I just tonight the game really sort of hammered home to me what a miserable existence it must be to like follow a team that's bad every year. And I don't know how people do it because like the first half of this game was just like this must just have been every Kings game for the last 15 years. And I don't understand how people just do it. Um, Obviously, yeah, knowing that next year is almost certainly going to be better and that there are pieces on the team that continue to show out positively. And, you know, the big sort of glaring weaknesses with the team are guys who are probably not going to be around next year. And, you know, so much of what's gone wrong has been circumstance. It is certainly a little easier to swallow these losses, especially when you look ahead and you realize, you know, this season is hell. Everyone's tired. Everyone's getting injured. Maybe it's just best for everybody to get out of here, um, you know, with 17 games left to play and play those 17 games, regroup in the offseason, just kind of come back. And so, yeah, I'm definitely kind of encouraged and using those bits of encouragement as the way to kind of get through a lot of these games because man it's been on the whole pretty unwatchable basketball i mean the the hawks team they threw out there today was very very bad and the Raptors probably should have beaten them but uh shout out to bogdan bogdanovich i guess and earning that that contract and clint capella continues to just destroy the raptors because of their lack of centers although they do have one center now, and it's very, very exciting. Ken Birch, we're going to get to Ken Birch in just one second and talk about his nice game and his second appearance with the Raptors. But first, it's all about the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. 
And Josh, I think this week we have to give the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week to Malachi Flynn. He's been showing out. He had a really nice game tonight. He has been running the offense, looking like the sixth best player on the Raptors, frankly, over the last little while here, and giving, I think, a lot of hope for what could come in the future, whether it's, you know, a Lowry, Fred, Malachi Flynn trio of point guards, whether it's just Lowry and Malachi, or Fred and Malachi Flynn. Or hell, Lowry and Malachi Flynn. Maybe they trade Fred for Bradley Beal. I don't know. Anything can happen this offseason. That's flexibility for you, baby. But Malachi Flynn is certainly the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. It's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success, and enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. And talk about joy, happiness, and enjoyment. It's all coming from Malachi Flynn these days. All those little hezzy blow-bys of Kevin Love, the threes he was throwing up at the end of this one, uh, the little mid-range floaters he's busting. Out. It's all very, very good stuff. Malachi Flynn is your Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Thanks to Michelob Ultra for sponsoring the podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, Josh, Cam Birch, the best center the Raptors have seen since Marc Gasol. Uh, and <laughs> that's not hyperbole. That's just the truth. That is fact. Uh, it's, it was lovely to see him get some run tonight. 25 minutes. He played deep into the fourth quarter, came out just before Malachi Flynn nearly uh, forced the comeback, but still was a big part of them uh, keeping pace in the fourth. 13 points, seven boards, two steals, a block. Uh, hit a three, his fifth career three, which is very fun, and it looks like he might shoot a bunch of them. He's one of two tonight and had a mid-range jump shot fall down two. Uh, you know, if the Raptors are going to do anything, it's force people to shoot threes, even if they're not really good at them, and uh, hope they get better. Um, what were your impressions of Ken Birch tonight? Is he someone you're signing to a max contract already <laughs> just because of the comparison to the rest of the centers this season? Uh, is Aaron Baines never getting his job back? Uh, what were your overall impressions of Ken Birch's second game with the Raptors? Uh, maybe the best game a Raptors pure center has played all season long. Uh, pure center, sure. Yes. Um, he's been awesome. I love the amount of energy that he's brought off. Uh, the bench in his minute that he's played. I like that the Raptors are able to get offensive rebounds again because Jesus Christ was that like rough to watch. Um, <laughs> it was yeah, unbelievable stuff and give up offensive rebounds. Crazy. Um, yeah. Cambridge, you know, he's not the most skilled guy on the planet and was, there was no promise of that, but it just feels great to see a guy out there playing hard and with two, you know, clearly functioning hands. It's been really great. Um, to see Cambridge catch the ball um, and put it back into the net when he uh, recovers a rebound. I do wonder what the team will look at him in the offseason with. Like, Chris Boucher's mm-hmm. three-point shooting has, like, collapsed in the last two weeks. I think he's gone from – there was a point where he was shooting, like, 40%, to now he's, I think, in the, like, mid-20s. Tonight probably didn't help. I will didn't help. I don't think he hit a three. Um, I don't know if we – found a volume three-point shooter in Cambridge. That doesn't seem at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I don't know. I think he has a play. I think he has a spot on this team. So it's, it's definitely for the balance of the season. 
And I like the idea of giving him a look um, next year. I, I don't know how well him and Chris Boucher play together, but I don't, all of these kind of finer details I don't care about. I just like watching him out there because he seems, you know, Russell Ontario's finest has, has been great <laughs> to watch out there. Yeah, you know, the thing with with Ken Birch is that, and why I like the pickup, it, it just, it kind of solidifies a thing that, you know, you don't always feel like you need to solidify backup center. Oh, well, like, that's not a big deal. But, like, it actually kind of is to have a competent backup center. And I did tweet tonight that I'm just startled by Ken Birch's just a complete competence. It's wonderful. It's just, it's, oh, yeah, he knows where to stand. He knows what not to do and what to do. And that's, for some reason, something the Raptors had difficulty finding at center this season. But, like, if you go forward next season, and I don't think anyone's under any illusions that Ken Birch is going to be the starting center on next year's team, and if he is, something has gone horribly wrong in the offseason. But if you sort of envision what next year's team looks like, which is what I basically have been doing, and, like, I have a little notes app on my phone where I just kind of alter the death chart for next season because we're in month 13 of a pandemic, I guess, and there's nothing else for me to do. But, um, you know, when you pencil Ken Birch into that backup center spot, everything just kind of... It kind of fits, right? Boucher yeah. is going to be back, I would assume. That contract is easy for them to pick up, even if he has his foibles here and there, and tonight was a really rough game for him. But he fits nicely, I think, as a power forward next to Ken Birch. Some of the best minutes that Boucher played this season and Aaron Baines played this season were when the two played together. And, you know, Baines could do his thing standing at the rim, which I'm assuming Birch can do much better. And Boucher can do his thing where he flies around, doesn't have to battle for rebounds, and he can go you know, block threes in the corner. And that's... The, I think the perfect spot for him. And then when you figure Malachi Flynn's going to be in that second unit for sure next season as well, you'll work in some, you know, starters and sort of stagger. Like you're not looking for too much really yeah. to fill in that bench rotation before you're kind of cooking. And, you know, that obviously will require them to find an actual center out there. And there's lots of decision-making to happen with Kyle and who knows what's happening with their first round pick, where it'll land, who they'll take. But it's just a really nice thing to kind of have checked off already before you even get into the offseason, presumably. I mean, we are looking at this as an audition for sure for Ken Birch, yeah. but uh, it's kind of one of those auditions where an actor goes into the first casting meeting and, oh, no, you're the person. We're canceling the subsequent 12 interview uh, audition rounds and you're just going to get the role. I see no reason why they wouldn't want to bring it back. And look, I'm not a person who believes in hometown discounts being a thing, but if anyone is ever going to give a hometown discount to stay in Toronto, it seems like Ken Birch maybe is going to be that guy. He's very, very happy to be here. And maybe they can get something you know nice and affordable and team-friendly done. Or even if not, it's not like he's going to command the full mid-level or anything like that. Um, like, uh, do, you, do you think, does it make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, Am I yeah. I too excited I, 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 about having the backup center figured out next season? Well, uh, clearly <laughs> it's important for this team to have like a, a, a big man off the bench that they can rely on because, I don't know, I the idea of, I really can't wait to see a stretch before the end of the season with Kyle Lowry in a bench unit featuring Ken Burge and Malachi Flynn go out and punk some team in the third and fourth quarter, because that mm -hmm. if a guy can fit into that role, he has a role on this Raptors team. It's one of the things that like, I remember earlier this season, I was uh, the big that's um, he was in golden state last year. Now he's in Dallas. Uh, he has a really call. He's done. Really call. sign is just yeah. really fast. And I like that because Kyle Lowry can play with fast bigs. If you can mm -hmm. run up and down the court, Kyle Lowry will figure out a way to make you useful. And that's all I really want from a guy like Ken Birch, a guy who will come off the bench, have some energy and finish plays when he's set up by the, 
by our point guards, by the team's point guards. And I, I'm pretty sure Ken Burks will get there. Um, I just want to see him out there with uh, one of the two sort of lead guards. I don't know. You yeah. know, I, I am of the opinion that Kyle walks this summer, but I want to see even him and Fred run together for a while because if he and Fred can work well together or Kim uh, Malachi and Fred can work well together, he has a spot on this team. And mm-hmm. yeah, I do think that he'll probably take a little less money. He's from Russell, Ontario. I don't think he's exp- like, you know, if those are his roots, you know, the, <laughs> via rails, inexpensive. Not, I don't think the real estate in Russell is quite as expensive as, uh, you know, the greater Toronto area. I think he'd be able to, you know, come to some decent terms. <laughs> oh, Eastern Ontario geography. You got to <laughs> love it. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's stopped at that Morristown giant uh, gas station on the way uh, on the road trip southeast as well. Um, that, that's my knowledge of that area. I usually, when I went to school in Ottawa, I, I would turn away. I didn't go as far as Russell. Was Russell on the way up? Now we're doing Eastern Ontario geography. Russell Josh. is uh, mostly south, east of Ottawa, but it's, you know, Kempville. It's like an Ottawa Valley place. It's where he went to. Perfect. They have like a pretty good high school basketball team. And he went to their prep school there. Uh, see, I, I didn't learn enough about the. Uh, <laughs> I didn't learn enough about the geography of the area when I was there, apparently. And now I'm just uh, saying erroneous names of towns and their location. No, you're in. You're I definitely the right like for that collection of towns. <laughs> Oh, well, I don't, I don't even know where to go from there. Uh, <laughs> we're going to finish up in just a second. We will we'll promise, uh, promise we'll lay off the Eastern Ontario uh, name dropping of towns and apparently people we went to school with uh, in just a second. Uh, and we'll get to some other notes from this game, the defense, Pascal, and kind of rattle off some box score notes to close things off. And we'll also do our tankathon sim of the day because I forgot to do that during the mailbag podcast on Tuesday. So you'll be here for that, Josh. Uh, but first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at Built Bar who are making the best tasting protein bars in the world. They have 18 wonderful flavors in their standard lineup, plus limited edition flavors coming through all the time, including their winner of their Built Bar Madness Bracket, Coconut Brownie Chunk, which is one of those limited editions. And if you can get your hands on it, you should do it because it's delicious. Their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet as well. And right now, when you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-15, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's show is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. The, the, the NBA, MLB, hockey, you've got the awards season coming up as well with the Oscars. Yes, you can bet on award shows at BetOnline in addition to all your favorite sports. And you can bet on obscure sports like Croatian basketball and a whole bunch of other things with real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. It's also free to sign up. Just head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on to get that 50% welcome bonus. All right, Josh, let's wrap this thing up. Just a heads up, tomorrow's podcast will be a recap of the game against the Spurs, our old friends, Damar, Yak. It's beautiful. Uh, that'll be a fun episode. That'll be out Thursday early in the day. Uh, Josh. Other notes from this game, let's dig into the defense and 
just sort of the general discombobulation that seems to be creeping in. Uh, we did a podcast last week with uh, Too Much Hoops, Brad, our pal, kind of digging into all of the ways in which the Raptors' defense has failed them this season. I, I mean, I I kind of feel like they're getting just, like you said off the top, a little just worn down by everything, and maybe just like the attentiveness and the desire to care isn't there when you're a 21-33 and 33 team, as opposed to when they're quite good, as they have been in recent years. Are you concerned at all about the defensive performances of these guys that we've been talking about? The you know the guys who are going to be around long term. Are you concerned about their defense in this last little while here, or are you willing to chalk it up to losing season, lost season, not going anywhere? The team is resting guys, maybe seemingly kind of mailing it in a little bit, and the defense will kind of snap back to what it's supposed to be next season, presuming they can bring in a couple bodies who kind of fit the scheme a little better. Um. It, the Raptors defense for the last couple of years since Nick Nurse took the helm has relied on a lot of effort and being very attentive. And it's probably not fun to do so when it doesn't matter because you have very little um, ability to stop stuff at the rim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're getting and you are not scoring on offense like it just it, it seems like uh, it it seems like an effort thing when the Raptors have been in competitive games, they've locked up, they've been able to. Um, slow their opponents down somewhat reliably. I I do feel comfortable chalking it up to um, the effort level. And also Nick Nurses seem to move away from the guys who are sort of definitely defensive stalwarts in the rotation because he needs to develop and see what he has in guys like Malachi Flynn, who ha- has shown great defensive turnaround in the last couple of weeks, but for time was questionable. But Stanley Johnson's out of the rotation. Mm-hmm. Utah Cena's minutes fall back. Um, Paul Watson played a lot more in those guys stead. I do think that the team just doesn't really seem to care that much about the kind of the quality <laughs> defense they're playing. And I can't blame them because you need to find out what, who else you have that you can bring into what happens next with this team. Um, and at the times it's really, really, really mattered. They've gone out there with the five or six guys that, you know, you can trust and they've been able to, you know, they shut down the box a couple months ago mm-hmm. and that I guess Norm Powell's gone but I don't think that Gary Trent would be a fall off um, in that, that respect so they can do it they don't have that many guys that can do it um, and when they don't do it it just seems like they're kind of miserable out there anyways yeah yeah I, I think you know there's certainly some guys who are going to be around next year that you want to see better defensive you know, sort of not even effort, but kind of just like the basic instincts. And I think like Boucher, for example, it's just not going to happen. I don't think, you know, he's a very loud defender who makes nice loud plays, but oftentimes is getting bullied under the basket by Solomon Hill or, uh, you know, just kind of losing (laughs) where he's supposed to be on the floor. But that's okay if he's your eighth or ninth man. And right now he's having to start at center. Although maybe Kem should start at center. I don't know. That's just an idea. But, um, you know, with the other guys, like Ananobi, not worried about it at all. Flynn, really good start. Trent, yeah, like you said, there's no way he's a drop-off from Norm. and In fact, is probably a bit of an upgrade, especially with extra size. Um, you know, Kem, I, I have a f- pretty good feeling, is going to be a pretty sound defensive player for this team. He was, you know, I've said this before, but say what you will about those Orlando Magic teams, but they defended their asses off. And Kem Birch always drove good defensive performance when he was on the floor. So I'm not concerned there. I guess the guy you're worried about a little bit is Pascal. Just 
you know, he's been, I think, inattentive. He's not doing his same sort of maniac stuff as he was, I think, when the Raptors were playing their best this season or in the bubble last year, for example. People kind of forget, even though his offense struggled, he was a monster defensively in that Celtics series particularly. And maybe you worry that, like, the the extra burden he's carrying having to run the offense, maybe that ends up bleeding into his defense. And that's probably what's happening right now. I would imagine when you have your point guards back and OG's presumably taking on a larger role and you have Malachi Flynn to also take some of that load and Gary Trent can create some stuff for himself. Like once things kind of settle into place next year, I kind of feel okay about Siakam getting back to like all defense level as well. He looked fine in the fourth quarter today when it, when it became competitive. I think maybe he needs to be the tip of the spear if they're going to, um, play well on defense, but I I think that's OG's job. and, And when OG doesn't do it, nobody else seems to. Um, yeah, but Pascal actually looked okay on defense when the game was, uh, within when the game was like more competitive in the sort of second half of the fourth quarter, but in the second quarter and third quarter, it was bad, but everybody was bad. Like the team looked very, um, punchable. Like it, it was not yeah. <laughs> it was like hard to cheer for them when it didn't seem like they were trying very hard. Like, yeah, when uh, what is it? Brandon Goodwin is blown by you for eighteen points. Uh, you know, maybe you gotta take some things back to the drawing board, and I think they will. It just might not be in the next seventeen games. Um, any other thoughts from this game? Any parting shots before we get to our tankathon sim of the day? Um, Josh, I really just have like I, I'm, I'm really happy for Bogdanovich. Like it's, it was, I'm I'm glad that he <laughs> had the game he did. Um, Lou Williams like was pretty good in his twenty five minutes. Like he didn't look. I don't. I kind of. This Hawks team might be a little fun to watch in the playoffs when they're at full strength. They're gonna have a favorable first round matchup, I think. Um, but like, yeah, I guess it's like, I, I look, look. I'm glad that Nick McMillan is a head coach again because I think he got a yeah. lot. I think the playoff um, lack of success and the fact that he kind of looks like a UPS driver from like a viral video worked against him, <laughs> and I really resent that because I think he's a pretty good coach. So I'm glad that he mm-hmm. has success, but I want everyone to notice that Georgia may no longer have Lloyd Pierce, but they no longer have voting rights either. So, mm. <laughs> well, uh, that yeah, the correlation causation, <laughs> who's to say? Who's to say? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, the Hawks are so baffling to me because everybody except Trey Young, I really like watching. And like when DeAndre Hunter's healthy, he's a lot of fun. I loved Okongwu coming into the draft and I think he's going to be good for them. Uh, like basically every player on their team except for Trey Young I dig but I dislike watching Trey Young so much that I end up having like negative feelings towards the Hawks and want them to lose all the time it's uh they're a bizarre team I liked watching them without Trey Young tonight let's put it that way they played basketball and not uh foul skitball or whatever the hell Steve Nash says that Trey Young does um yeah that feels like a good place to leave that and we'll pivot into our daily tradition or semi-daily tradition of running the tankathon simulator just to see what happens uh the tankathon tracker i have one here we've done it four times on the podcast the raptors have fallen to eight three times and have picked seventh once and uh let's see if we can break that luck here josh they currently are tied for the sixth worst odds with the uh wait no they're still an eighth never mind uh they, they're just like win percentage points away from oklahoma city and washington right now let's sim it that's a drum roll everyone is always confused by it uh and they've fallen down to eighth once again or stayed at eighth they have not moved at all 
So, uh, once again proving, having hope in lottery balls, not always the best. They are now... Uh, <laughs> That's going to be... 0 for 5 at moving up. It's going to be like Game 7 when... <laughs> like, the intensity Raptors fans are going to watch the uh, draft lottery. is going to be unbelievable. I don't even know. I haven't started planning my life around what that's going to be just yet. Um, I mean, I'm hoping to have a vaccine or two in me by then, and then maybe that can free me up to do some other things during the lottery. Uh, but I feel like that's going to be one of the more alcohol days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be. be it's going to be like I don't know. I think what's that? Um, the uh, Mount Verde Academy. There's like a forward who's in Florida now. Barnes? Scott Barnes? Um, oh, Scotty Barnes, yeah. That'd be yeah. cool. He's like, I think he'll be at the bottom of the lottery. Yeah, I. that's the thing is go back two weeks and listen to the episode I did with Robel where we talked about like the 7 through 14 range and how he likes the 7 through 14 guys better than like Kaminga and Green. And, you know, Jaden Springer being tall Kyle Lowry, which Robel does not throw around player comps slightly. He hates them. And I, he tells me every time we do a podcast not to talk about player comps. He brought that one to the front, like to the fore, just on his own with, uh, without any prompting. And so if he's saying Jaden Springer's Kyle Lowry, six, four, who's six foot four, I'm in 10. Uh, I'm inclined to believe him and want Jaden Springer on the Raptors. And so, yeah, good things will happen regardless of where they pick. They're not going much higher in the standings, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty rough wins-wise at the moment. Uh, Josh, this podcast was not rough at all, aside from the part where I, I couldn't remember the person we went to school with. Uh, but other than that, you were, were awesome. I think it was your first time on the show, yeah. which is far – it's been far too long, way overdue. Thanks for coming on, man. Where can people check you out? Um, I uh, tweet at not Josh Hart uh, because, uh, you know, the other Josh Hart had the handle before me. He was You're very, the real one. I am the real one. I mean, Josh You're Hart, older than him. I know, right? but he was – I guess he knew that he was going to be – professional basketball player <laughs> quite young and he's pretty business-minded probably mm-hmm. uh he's i just looked up his last tweet dogecoin to the moon so that guy is logged on <laughs> 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 wow, that's so unbelievable shout out to pg uh, county josh hart kevin durant i we got to make a list of uh most logged on nba players from uh, prince george county it's a uh, like the dmv <laughs> area because these guys all need to log off is that just like Washington mindset? Like all the politicians are too online as well. Oh, maybe, maybe. That's part of it. Yeah, that's pretty. Good. I mean, I say this as someone who is also poisonously online and is not from the DMV, so uh, <laughs> you know, it it's an affliction many of us share, Josh. Yes, and yeah, true. he was on. In, I'm looking at his Twitter now. He was on in June 2011, so he was pretty that's early on early. in the game. How yeah, old is yeah. he now? He's like that's was he 10 years old? He's 26 this year. Oh, he's, okay. Uh, he's not that young. He's 95. So we got on at 16. Still. That's, yeah. That's, uh, that's getting in early. At 16, anyway. I was not paying attention to emerging <laughs> social media platforms. Absolutely not. I mean, I guess that was right in the Facebook MySpace range, but uh, I wasn't going and sitting on handles or anything like that at that no. point. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we can leave it there. Josh, this was great. Thanks so much, man. Uh, that's yeah. going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow, uh, we'll be talking about the Spurs game, which is coming up later on tonight. That should be a lot of fun. Shouts to DeMar and Yak and all the all the friends over there. And, uh, yeah, support all the Lockdown shows, Lockdown Blue Jays, Lockdown Leafs in particular. 
covering your Toronto teams wonderfully well. Uh, the Leafs had a trade deadline this week. They were quite busy. They traded a first-round pick, so maybe you go and listen to Locked On Leafs and the full reaction to the deadline over there. And uh, that'll do it. We'll talk to you again Thursday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.